recap of Sunday's readings, it's time for Homily Highlights on Mater Day Radio. And we head down to Salem this morning for our homily highlight from Father Tim Mekaitis at Queen of Peace Church. One thought that immediately came to my mind in reading this gospel the other day was, where did all these dandelions come from? <laughs> no doubt, unless you're a meticulous lawn keeper, as I know some, some folks are. <laughs> Golf courses don't have any dandelions. You know, they, they care for them very, very, very carefully. But, you know, you go out on your lawn and say, where did all these dandelions come from? You know, so uh, the, the point of this parable is, uh, is really more profound than it may seem on the surface. In understanding it, let's go back to a little bit of ancient Jewish history. The Jewish people have had a history of oppression and slavery and freedom and oppression and captivity and slavery and freedom over and over again over the centuries. There's no doubt that they are a people who have suffered greatly. Even the modern nation of Israel, very delicate political situations, we're not going to get into that. But the point is, if you look at the history of Judaism from the very beginning, They were slaves, the Hebrew people were slaves under the heavy hand of Pharaoh in Egypt. And in that slavery, they suffered greatly and they cried out, uh, and Moses cried out on their behalf and God freed them. And then they went wandering in the desert and eventually ended in the promised land where they found many others living in the promised land as well around the area. They were not alone there this tiny nation of people, this tiny group of Hebrews that were wandering in the desert, being formed as God revealed himself to us, uh, to to them. They became over time this nation, and Joshua led them then into the promised land. But then we fast forward in history, we see eventually as they grew up and developed, the Assyrians came in and conquered them. And then later the Babylonians came in and destroyed the temple and took them off captive. And then farther up, 500 years later, the Romans come. They don't destroy the city. They simply take it captive under the heavy hand of the Roman emperors and the Roman uh, Empire, ancient Roman Empire, and all its glory and power extended that far east to the eastern Mediterranean. And this little tiny nation became uh, captured and occupied by the hand of the heavy Romans. It was believed in Jewish history that there would be four kingdoms that would overcome this Jewish nation. And the final kingdom would be the kingdom of God that would come and free them and send the Messiah who will raise them up as a mighty people. So we had the Assyrians and the Babylonians and the third, the Romans. And now the fourth kingdom comes, the kingdom of heaven as Jesus began his preaching. The kingdom of heaven has come. And so it's no wonder that people were attracted to these words of Jesus and the power that he displayed and the power of his charismatic preaching, that they were enamored and wondered to themselves, is this man the Messiah? Has the kingdom of God really come? And now, rather than being under the heavy and the fear of the Assyrians, Egyptians, Assyrians, Babylonians, and the Romans. Now, finally, God has come in this last and final kingdom to now occupy this 
this land and the Messiah then will lead us to be a mighty nation. So it went in Jewish history. Even today, the modern nation of Israel, after the Romans themselves finally destroyed the temple and the people never returned, even today the mighty nation, the, the, the nation of Israel is surrounded by enemies. They want to see that nation obliterated off the face of the earth. And so it's no wonder then that they find themselves in a constant defensive posture. Jesus comes with a new kind of kingdom. And today in the parables, which is a very typical way of rabbinic teaching, we heard last week, you remember the parable, the sower and the seed. And today, Jesus continues that same image. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like. He doesn't say the kingdom of heaven is this or that. He said the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's not this, but it's like it. We use this sort of language all the time in speaking sometimes to one another. You know, this, uh, your eyes are like stars. They come out and twinkle every night. What a beautiful thing maybe to say to your husband or wife or some such kinds of things. Uh, so we use this analogous language to explain things that are perhaps beyond words. In this case, it's Jesus who is gradually revealing the mysteries of God to us, not by revealing what they directly are, but what they are like, that we might ponder these images and come to understand these mysteries more deeply. So as hopeful as the people were, the kind of kingdom that they were imagining was not exactly what Jesus was revealing to them, but a spiritual kingdom, a kingdom that would not conquer other nations, but a kingdom that would transform their lives so that they may go out and begin to renew that same kind of transformation in the world around them. So the kingdom of heaven is like in the other two parables in the gospel today, mustard seed and yeast and dough. There's one theme running through all of this, and that is the theme of, of growth. Weeds and wheat grow together. Mustard seed is tiny and insignificant as it seems, is planted and grows into a large bush of some mysterious power that changes a tiny seed into a large bush. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast in dough, folded in the dough, the dough mysteriously of power begins to grow into something larger, expands in size. We might know the chemical reasons for that, but the analogy is important. Because what is telling us that God's kingdom is something within us, that he plants that seed within our hearts. And that seed that is planted, like last week's parable about the seed that found good soil, that seed of faith, that seed of goodness and grace begins to grow in us and expands over time. But patience, and God, of course, has all the patience in the world, Patience and trust. It's interesting that the farmer of the field 
when it was discovered that weeds were growing right next to his wheat, didn't tell his servants, go out and pull up those weeds. Well, apparently the kind of wheat, the kind of weeds, rather, that, that the, Jesus was referring to this parable was something called darnel. It was sort of scourge of ancient farmers, particularly those growing wheat. Because in its beginning stages, it looked very much like wheat itself. It was difficult to distinguish between the two. Only when maturity came could they tell the difference. But in the beginnings, no, don't pull. You might be pulling up wheat at the same time. Let good and evil exist together, side by side. Wherever there is good, you will find bad not far behind it. Whenever we find ourselves growing in our spiritual life, serious about our prayer, serious about doing good for others, serious about attending Mass regularly, whenever we find ourselves kind of really taking our faith seriously and putting it into practice, we always find not far behind some opposition, some difficulty, some weeds that are pushing us or tempting us the other way. The reality of the world is that God allows good and evil to exist together side by side. But the farmer never doubts the power of good. The farmer never doubts the power and strength of the wheat that has been planted. He allows them to grow together until harvest time and doesn't worry about the weeds choking off the wheat because he knows that the seeds he plants are, more, are stronger than the enemy planting his seeds. And yet every one of us is challenged, I think, in this parable to look at our own spiritual life, to look at our own lives, to recognize maybe where I've allowed weeds and wheat to grow together in my life. And what seeds am I planting? Once, what seeds do I allow to be planted within me? And how serious am I about rooting out and allowing that wheat to grow stronger in my life? So though it may be a comment about the, the state of the world in which we live, and we don't have to look very far to find weeds and wheat growing side by side, even in the church itself, of course. Even though it's about all of that, it's also about our personal growth in Christ together. We should not be surprised, you know, those as disappointing or as upsetting as it can be, we should not be surprised then that in the church, we see both weeds and wheat growing side by side. Studying the history of the church, the history of Christianity, we have seen both saints and sinners growing at the same time. The church has produced the martyrs of, of, of the church who sacrificed their lives for the sake of the gospel in the first centuries. Great saints that have risen up in times of reform and brought goodness to the world and continue to do so by their memory and their grace. We've seen ordinary people who rise up, who do courageous things. The church has produced all of this, but the church has also produced <clears throat> some pretty awful popes. We go back to the time of the Renaissance and study the, the Renaissance papacy. It's kind of, you know, amazing, but upsetting, but interesting in the sense that None of those popes ever destroyed the church as scandal-ridden as they were. They never destroyed the church. 
because the weeds, the wheat that God has planted within the church is always stronger. And so side by side, we're called to recognize evil when we see it and to stay on the side of good. That's the grace of this parable. And allow that grace to grow in you. The power to be changed, the power to be transformed by the wheat that God has planted within every one of us. Every time we come together for the Holy Eucharist around the Lord's table, we consume the source of those seeds, Christ himself. And then we go out and begin to plant, plant good seeds in the world around us where we are. May that be our challenge and our grace to be able to do that. And that is today's homily highlight from Father Tim Mikaitis, pastor at Queen of Peace Church in Salem. You can listen to that homily again or any of our great locally produced shows. Just listen to the podcast. You'll find them at materdayradio.com. You'll also have access to all of it on the Hail Mary media app.